0: I'm McKinney Smith in 2009 while going through a divorce I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship in 2012 I lost my sister and asked myself what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us in the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice to create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So since you're already here, you may as well Subscribe. Today we have Sunny McFadden-Curtis. She is an award-winning filmmaker and social advocate for women and children. Sunny began production of Broken Bows: Stories of Separation in 2016 following her own separation. And through hundreds of hours of researching and interviewing, she understood the unique challenges that families encounter. Broken Vows takes you into the lives of several women to learn more about the process of navigating a separation. The film follows the socially conscious producers' previous projects, bullying, a culture of silence, cyberbullying, where are we going wrong, and Shane, are you there? So please welcome to the show, Sunny McVeigh and Curtis.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story and all your gems with us.
1: I was happy to.
0: So as an icebreaker question, um, I love to start the show um, just to get a bit of an idea of where you were before you got to where you are presently. So, you know, as children... We have these vivid imaginations of what we want to be when we grow up or what we want to do before society tries to limit us and box us in and tell us to be realistic, you know, before the outside world starts to kind of taint our beliefs about what is possible. So one, I would love to know what you wanted to be as a little girl. And two, I would love to know what you were like as a teenager.
1: Okay. Very good. Icebreaker. Well, let me just start by saying that um, I was raised in a suburb of Toronto and from a very young age, I um, had a real interest in the creative, in teaching, and at a young age also, I was made to be aware of uh, socially conscious issues. And that stayed with me to present in terms of how can I marry all of these things together to do what it is I do today. But again, back then, having said what I said, I really wanted to be an actor from a very young age and um, a mother. Those two things really stayed with me and uh, were things that I really wanted in my life more than any, and that kept coming back to the forefront of my mind. But as a teenager, I was inquisitive. I was raised uh, in a family that was very uh, protective. So I would get my toe wet and then, you know, come back and then get my foot wet and come back. And um, I would say that I was very inquisitive. Again, still had a love for the art, but I didn't venture too far. Let's just say that.
0: Okay. So... When you were younger, you wanted to get into acting and be a mom, which you've been able to do both, correct?
1: hmm I uh, have, yes.
0: <laughs> so I, I love hearing when we had, I'm going to say, none of those blockages about you know our fantasies and our imagination, and then we're able to actually live those things. Um, sometimes people end up becoming absolutely nothing related to what they wanted to be as a child. So I would love if you could share your journey of how you got into being a filmmaker and I guess into the advocacy work as well.
1: Okay. um, Well, ironically enough, they kind of go hand in hand. And I was an actor at the time in front of the camera and my family experienced um, an unfortunate situation. And one of my children was bullied. And um, it went on for some time and ended with no resolution. And I was not happy with that, left with a broken child and really wanted to try to turn it around for my child to re-instill the faith in the system. And so what I did was, ironically enough, I walked into a camera store And uh, for other reasons. And I... I went up to the counter where all the cameras were and I looked up the at the wall looking at all the cameras and all of a sudden I had an epiphany. And the epiphany was, I'm going to make a documentary on bullying mm. and I'm going to try and help my son through this process. And why not try to help others as well? So um, I didn't buy a camera that day. I went home. I sat my son down and this was probably a month after we'd left the school. And I asked him, how would he feel about producing a documentary on bullying? And it would help him and it would help others. Now, mind you, I did get a little bit of advice from his doctor and asked if this would be something okay to propose to him. Mm -hmm. And so I said, take as long as you want and come back to me when you feel like you've decided Three days later, he came back and said, okay, let's do it. And remember, I was in front of the camera. I The only experience I had in filmmaking was just being on set and seeing what was happening around me. And so I really had no idea how to do this, but I've now started something. I've opened a can of worms and now I have to step through it and make something happen. So anyway, he agreed and I went to Apple and signed up for classes on how to edit. And I stayed two steps ahead of the process that I was doing. And so we started the interview process. Um, We started with uh, actually a friend of his that had been bullied. He did the first interview interview and moving along, he became busy. I had promised him that I would complete this documentary, so um, I took it and ran, and it took me three years to complete. It's in presently 47 cities across North America, uh, predominantly libraries. I then started speaking internationally on the subject matter, and then my son and I were invited to the Senate and for a roundtable discussion on cyberbullying and bullying and how we could help make schools safer. And it wasn't just us, it was a multitude of people from different states, countries, and backgrounds. And um, so that was quite an experience for him and I. And um, then I took that and I, with two anti-bullying coalitions, approached Elizabeth Whitmar, MPP, and we proposed that there be a resolution passed and the resolution uh, was passed uh, not too long after we had met with her and um, that brought to light and brought to life bullying awareness week in Ontario the third week of November is allocated to schools educating around bullying in their schools and I look at that as a week into the rest of the year in terms of continuous education around bullying. So that's really where my filmmaking career came. And that was where I found a way to marry all those things way back when that I wanted to. And that was to fill voids, help educate, even though I didn't know that at the time, uh, fill voids, educate and help those who might be vulnerable in particular situations.
0: Wow. So, I mean, first, I'm sorry that your son even had to go through the experience of of being bullied. Um, one thing I always say on, on the show is that your your pain births your purpose. You know, oftentimes it's things that we need a solution to that make us passionate about helping others with the same thing. And in doing so, like you being able to implement so many things, well, I mean, the awareness of it, one, with the film, but two, having it in libraries um, all over, being able to push forward and um, let that go into legislation and having, you know, anti-bullying awareness day within the schools. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, I'm going to say, outcome from pain. Mm-hmm. You know, Being able to, to transmit that pain into something positive. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful example of that. And um, thank you yeah and and i'm sure you hear it all the time but like thank you for the work that you do and for the passion that you have behind it because some parents as much as they don't want their kids to be bullied it's just about just protecting their own child but you've gone a step ahead and said it's not just about my own child it's not just about my own community but the world at large how can we provide a solution how can we you know help others and this is part of why I love doing this show because women like yourself that are leaving a legacy, and I do hope that you know this. But like the the impact of that legacy, the depth of that legacy, um, how it affects so many people is such a beautiful thing. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, even what I also heard in your story, you know, when you said that you went to Apple. Um, and learned how to to edit and you just stayed two steps ahead of the process I think oftentimes as people I don't want to say just as women but as people we uh, count ourselves out of doing something we say we can't do something because we don't know how or you know we don't even know where to begin
1: 100 percent
0: and the example of you just staying two steps ahead you don't need to know all the steps you don't need to know the end process it's just taking action and being even one step ahead of where you need to be such a beautiful example.
1: Well, thank you. And, and you, you know, you're right because if you sometimes look at the bigger picture, it's overwhelming mm-hmm. and it, it it can create per- paralysis within one person. Yes. So I think it's good to stay one or two steps ahead and um, see where that journey may take you, but persevere.
0: Yes, absolutely. That whole story in itself just speaks to your resilience. <laughs> but um, I guess, why did you choose to produce Broken Vows stories of separation?
1: Well, um, contrary to popular belief, it wasn't because I went through separation initially. It was because I kept meeting an influx of women who repeatedly, who were sequestered in the court system for way too long. Or were in a paralysis state, as I mentioned earlier, not knowing what was lurking around the corner for them, trying to keep a roof over their head, so on and so forth. And being an advocate for women and children would ask me questions that I couldn't answer, but uh, wanted to for them. So I kind of went out on a journey and I approached a judge and lawyers, et cetera, uh, trying to get the answers to these questions that were being asked of me repeatedly and then I realized once again that there's a void in the system for this information, and that there was a bigger story here than um, you know what I initially set out for. And so that's where Broken Vows grew from. And then subsequently, during that whole time and process, I then also went through a separation myself.
0: Mm. And, and I, so I watched the trailer, and there's like a, a mix of women who have been. I guess, married for, you know, different lengths of time from, you know, 15 years to like 25 years to four years. And I'm sure that you found a commonality in their separation stories somehow.
1: Well, to be perfectly honest, I, I in my pre-interviews, when, uh, first of all, when I'm looking for subjects, I put the word out there and it happens organically. Mm -hmm. Then when the, when people start coming to me, I do pre-interviews and in those pre-interviews, I find out, you know, how much they're willing to share, what their stories are about. And then I want to have, uh, different stories that can be even far reaching out there that people can relate to. Mm -hmm. So, um, the one commonality that they do have is separation, but their stories are all very different mm-hmm. and are unique. And I even have one that's an amicable uh, separation because uh, I want to show that, in fact, it can um, be done. Although you do, are not unscathed by the heartbreak, it can be
0: done. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, my parents were separated for 18 years before they actually got their divorce. Um, my separation was. I believe it. I'm like trying to recall, it was such a traumatic <laughs> scenario, but um, I believe, well, it was definitely over a year um, before the divorce was finalized, but I know women that I met them at the beginning of my separation. And that was back in 2008 and they just got their divorce like this year, 2022.
1: I'm not surprised. Um, everybody gets there uh, in their own timeline. Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes, um, it can be actually more often than not so psychologically exhausting that one can't, you know, dig deep and find that strength to go into perhaps another fight or situation. They get there on their own timeline. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We're all different beings.
0: Yeah, everyone's healing process is different. Everyone's journey is different. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I agree with you about the the timeline of things, whether it's it's grief, whether it's separation, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. Financial,
1: any number of things.
0: Yes, absolutely. Everyone's um, story can differ. So why did you choose separation as opposed to divorce?
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Separation is that gray area that so often is... Really, never spoken about. And more often than not, people think, oh, you're separated. You were in an unhappy situation. You must be happy now. Well, that isn't always the case. It is the most difficult process in the whole journey. And, you know, um, first of all, the pain of separating. Um, Sometimes you might have been in an abusive relationship. And if not handled appropriately, the children suffer. And um, in some cases, for a lifetime, and I wanted to highlight that time that really wasn't highlighted or spoken about, and to show the diversity and what one might go through in this time frame. And you know, you going through it um, can probably contest that it's a very difficult time that no one really speaks about. And sometimes, you know, as a, uh, a woman, because my documentary really focuses more around women. Um, will speak about it or before they separate. And in some cases, their friends don't want to hear about it till, you know, they've made a decision. So that will have the woman sort of retreat and go through it alone Mm -hmm. and not share. Mm -hmm. And I I wanted to highlight that as friends and family, we have to be there for them during this time. Even if they're not saying anything to you, we need to reach out and say, are you okay? They may not be ready to share or they may need you to ask a few times. Mm-hmm. And um, so I also interviewed family members, friends to show how they were there for their family members and the support that they gave, which again, uh, if I focus on divorce, we wouldn't hear or see any of
0: that.
1: Right. So I really did want to highlight the gray area that really wasn't spoken about enough or in some cases at all.
0: Right. And I think that it's, Really important to i guess focus on the separation part of it, because i'm sure there's tons of stats on divorce there's tons of stats that show whatever you google on divorce, but when it comes to separation, like you said, it's not as uh talked about the process in between um, mm-hmm. you know how ugly things can get, or how you know there are situations where, like you said they're amicable it's not so bad, but the process where you are in that time, you're grieving something. You're grieving the loss of a relationship. You know, you could be grieving the loss of extended family or friends that you guys shared. There's so many things emotionally that someone is dealing with during that separation time. Um, I know for myself, financially, um, I took a huge, huge hit during that time because for the four and a half to five years prior to filing for my divorce, I was a stay-at-home mom and my partner made multiple six figures. So we had properties, cars, all, you know, children, all these things. But during that time, now I had to be able to stand alone, be a single mom, provide for my kids uh, in, in that process of even thinking about filing for the divorce, just the separation alone, trying to figure out, how am I going to pay for this mortgage? How am I going to make these car payments? How am I going to feed my children? Like, how am I going to be in all of these places I need to be at once? How am I going to stay sane? Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I feel like if the conversation around that was more open or maybe it just wasn't open to me at the time, um, I feel like it would have been a lot less difficult. I I can count on one hand, the community, the close community that I allowed in to help me because during that time, you know, it comes with shame. It comes with guilt. It comes with all kinds of feelings where we don't want to share what we're going through or talk about the situation for many different reasons. But I'm grateful for the people that were there for me. I'm grateful for the friends that Rallied around me to make sure that I did eat, or to make sure that you know like my kids were um, you know supported, and and that I got a second to myself for self care. Um, I think those conversations are so important.
1: Hundred percent. And so then you would agree that it can be the most psychologically in time, which is why I say you know offer to take the kids for mm-hmm. a couple of hours overnight, whatever you can do for the per- the woman who's separating, drop off a couple of meals. But again, if the woman isn't ready to speak, keep pursuing, keep trying until she is ready because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, she needs your support. Mm-hmm. She just has to get there in her own time to be able to share and tell you. Spe- and, and when you are separating, as the per- woman who's separating, be specific in your needs. Mm-hmm. And always be specific in your needs. If you need someone to just listen to you, then you, you express that. Mm-hmm. If you need advice, well, then you express that. What your needs are, be specific in how you uh, get that across.
0: Yes. I found in the beginning of my separation, I didn't know what my needs were. It was almost like I had spent, well, having two relationships back-to-back that both lasted almost nine years. So I had spent almost 18 years caring for someone else's needs on top of the children. So I Mm -hmm. didn't know what I needed and grateful that I had friends that just showed up continuously with things until I was able to communicate what I needed, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know if I just needed a hug. I didn't know if, but when they gave it to me, I was so grateful for it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Right. 100%.
0: So I know that you also um, produced a companion to the film to provide resources.
1: I did okay. and so we um,
0: about that so we can know how they can get further support as well
1: uh, yeah I'd love to share that um, again going to your point when you said I didn't know what I need I didn't know how I was going to do this and this and this and this well I went through that and so many other women go through that they don't have the answers to multiple questions they have so the plan for me all along was i knew i was going to have an overabundance amount of footage that that i did not want to end up on the editing floor mm-hmm. i did not want to waste this useful information so the plan was to make a companion digital resource to go along with broken vows which i call broken vows the resource so it's six parts and it you know anything from legal questions to wellness for women upon separation, even before and her children. You want to go back to school, uh, dating after separation. I have a sex therapist in there. I have a cosmetic surgeon in there. I have, how do you, you know, deal with the mortgage? I have an accountant. And in total, this answers over 350 questions. Wow. And, you know, I am just finalizing certain things with it, but, you know, those resources, or if you have Questions if your audience has questions about it, can you know find out more information on my website or reach out to me. But you know, in that time, it's all enough enough in, in itself to take care of you, you and your children. Never mind all these other things that you're trying to take care of at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, in that time, you're also in some cases um, dealing with what le- making life altering decisions, i.e., the children you know, the house, etc., in this state of mind. And it, I thought if I can alleviate some of that stress so that the women can be there for themselves and be there for their children, and remember, speaking from experience, so I mm-hmm. know how it feels, um, not everybody's pain, but I, I have some idea. Yeah. Then I'm going to try to do that with this resource.
0: Hmm. I, I love that. And I'm sure, you know, especially during the pandemic, when people were, you know, being isolated with their partners and lots of people, lots of people were going through separation during the pandemic. I mean, can you imagine? (laughs) The stories I was hearing, couples that I thought were doing great separated during the pandemic. Um, It was almost like people were forced to spend more time with their partner and realize, I don't know if this is the person that I can tolerate for the rest of my life. And I'm sure people constantly share their stories of separation with you, no? Oh, yes. So I guess throughout the pandemic, how did that, I guess, change or affect the work that you do?
1: Well, again, uh, during the the pandemic was the go time for me in terms of editing this and completing it. Mm -hmm. So I really put my nose to the ground and just grinded it out. And, and mind you, that um, there was the pandemic, the race riots, and a multitude of other things. But I knew that I had to get this out there because in some cases, women were sequestered in the household with their abusive partners. And they had children. And um, though the percentage of abuse during that time, in the case of women, went up substantially. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know... I just had to toe the line and work my butt off to try and finish this, to get it out there. Mm-hmm. So um, that part of it was done, but yet, yes, I still had people speaking to me, but it didn't really affect my work because I was already in the process of completing it.
0: Okay. So what advice would you give to a woman listening right now that is going through a separation? First
1: and foremost, I would Uh, Reach out to your doctor, and I hope that you do have a doctor, and if you don't, I would get one, to find out how best you can take care of yourself during this time. Because in a lot of cases, we have children, and how can we be there for our children? Um, Secondly, I would get, and and no particular order, but um, I would get either a good therapist or a good counsellor for both you and your children. Because if you don't have family or friends, and even if you do, you need that outlet. How do I, you know, to be able to say things out loud and get the advice you need and then them to be there for your children so that the children can speak to somebody outside of your family and feel comfortable enough to do so. I would also caution somebody to get a really good family uh, law lawyer and somebody who focuses in family law, not outside family law. And, you know, sometimes we get advice from lawyers that are outside that realm. And you know, it's a whelm all in of itself. Mm-hmm. And it's best to get the advice from somebody who specializes in family law. Now, there are lawyers out there who will help women who may not have the financial means. And also you can get a half an hour, an hour with a lawyer to ask questions. So there are ways around it, and we must be resourceful. And again, some of this information can be found in my resource under legal in that particular part of the resource, but we must be as, as, you know, resourceful as possible. um, Mm -hmm. Especially if we have children and we must dig deep. But um, one thing I can almost guarantee is that you can make it through the darkness, to the light. You can, and it may not seem like it when you're in the thick of the storm, but you can. Yeah and there is brightness on the other side for you but you must reach out for it you must walk towards it
0: absolutely uh, i love that advice and i totally agree with you it can't rain forever
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> with um you know with hearing all of the stories of separation and i know the emotional roller coaster that may come with like how do you stay motivated
1: Well, we all have our moments and times and days uh, where we just need to retreat and just step back from things. And when I feel that way, if I'm not having a deadline crunch, then I do that. And for me, it's my deck Mm -hmm. and my music. And if I need to dance on my deck by myself because nobody can see me, I'm going to dance on my deck. I'm going to let it out. I'm going to just reflect in and reach inside me for um, the answers that I need to move forward. Mm-hmm. But having some downtime, and I know it isn't always easy, and I know it isn't always possible, but even if it's an hour, and speaking to this project, I have these women relying on me to share their stories. and those stories were going to help other people. How could that not
0: motivate me? How could that not? Mm-hmm. I can totally relate. <laughs> I can totally relate. I totally relate, <laughs> exactly. But all
1: have, uh, have our moments. Absolutely. And, um, but it's when we're in those moments, we have to shake our heads and go, okay, I've taken a day, I've taken, you know, two days, I got to get back to it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm relying on me. My children are relying on me. You know, life is relying on me. I've got to get back to it. You must dig really deep, which I've done many a times over Mm -hmm. my lifespan. Mm
0: -hmm. A couple of things. So you spoke to, you know, dancing on, on your deck. And that just made me think of, you know, a lot of the things that I've studied about how the mind works and stuff. So it's energy in motion. Emotion is energy in motion. And you being able to just move and move freely, it's a form of therapy. I can't remember where I heard it, but there's a quote that says, healthy, healthy motion equals healthy emotion. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's like a form of therapy. But also when you spoke to being able to um, tell other people's stories and having other women rely on you. I think it's important for the women who are listening. Like sometimes we ask ourselves like, what what is our why? What does keep us motivated? And when we are only looking within ourselves and whether that be, I don't know, uh, whether that be our coping mechanism or ego or what have you, sometimes it prevents you from walking in your greatness. It prevents you from leaving a legacy and making the impact that you want to make. But you said, it's not just about you. And I think... Um, you know what we both have in common is when you're sharing someone else's story and you're sharing a delicate story, something mm. that is um truly emotional it's important that you handle that with care, but also on the flip side of that where you said that it it helps others, so knowing that you are helping other people to heal, knowing that you are preventing other people from having to go through um you know the the struggles that they may go through if they didn't have the tools or the guidance or the inspiration of the stories knowing that you are making a difference in someone's life in whatever capacity is huge motivation and you know i know for myself when i get the messages or dms or reviews of what the sharing of the stories has done for someone whether it inspired them to go on and um, get therapy or whether it inspired them to now be able to be open to a new relationship or it inspired them to start their own brand or their own business. Like those things warm my heart and motivate me to keep going. So I would love to know like what inspires you the most about what you do?
1: Well, let me go back a step and speaking to the women and the stories, their stories that I shared and you know, subsequently helping their children as a result, and the women, a big driving force for me are my children. My children um, are a huge driving force for me. And when I went through difficult times, and I did through um, the process of making this film, I mean, I went through a separation partway through. I lost a child partway through. a Multiple things. But I wanted to show my children that no matter what you're faced with, you can reach your goal, you can get to where you were going, you can do that. I wanted to show that to my children. It was very important. Mm -hmm. And when I lost my son, and I have had three children, I still have three children. But um, anyway, I took five months off. And then I just dug really deep and got back at it. And again, remembering that I have to represent and show my children, you know, that you can be faced with adversities and challenges and obstacles, but you can step over them, around them. And um, I did that. And Mm -hmm. And they were a huge driving force for me. And then again, of course, the women, And um, the children of the women and the children of the women that were going to see this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I do the work, I don't think, Oh my God, this is going to be, you know, this and this and this, I just do it. But to continue to do it. I think of those things, not, you know, the awards that I'll get or this or that. I never think of that. I think of who and how I can help these Mm -hmm. women and their children.
0: Mm-hmm. My condolences for the loss of your son. Yeah. Can't even imagine. Um, but you sharing that also speaks to, like I said before, your resilience. Mm. You you honored your feelings. You took some time that you needed, you know, the self-care and then you came back and did the work.
1: May I, I clarify think, something? Yes. Um, the son that I'm speaking of that I lost is not, my son who was bullied. Okay. Okay.
0: Yes. I think losing anyone that is close to you um, can take a a huge toll on you. And no matter how many times you've been knocked down, you've gotten back up and Mm -hmm. you're, you're leaving a beautiful mark in the world. So I would love if you could share before we go to the final segment of the show, you know, where people can watch the film where they can learn more from you and about you.
1: Thank you for asking. So um, the film is on uh, is uh, re- was released in April, and then had a second release last month. And in the U.S., you can uh, screen it on uh, Prime Video and um, Fandor, uh, Hoopla, Tubi, um, etc. And then in Canada, you can find it on Apple TV iTunes, Google Play, and so on. But if they want to know more about those platforms or more about the documentary and so on and so forth, they can go to my website. Um, may I say it's BrokenVowsFilm.com. And um, also they can follow me on Instagram at uh, Sunny, S-U-N-N-I-E-B-I-Z 13, SunnyBiz13. 13. And also... Um, Broken Vows documentary on IG as well. So I have two IGs. Um, And, you know, I'm happy for people to reach out to me if they want to share or have questions. I'm happy for them to do that.
0: Awesome. So to make sure they can do that, I will have all of the links where they can connect with you and watch the documentary in the detailed section of the episode so they don't have to search too far. Fabulous. Thank you. You're welcome. So, for this final segment of the show, it's kind of like a rapid fire. I call it a walk in her wisdom. And I just ask a couple of reflection questions. You share mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to mind, whether that be one word or one sentence. And um, I don't like rules. Sometimes I may ask you to unpack. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why?
1: First thing that comes to mind. You can walk through the darkness to the light. Mm. And did you say where?
0: Uh, Yes.
1: Did you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Times Square.
0: Love it. Love it. Name one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made. And that could be of money, time, energy. Of course,
1: my babies, my children. Love it. Because they're going to go on and continue doing wonderful things.
0: I know that for a fact. I love it. Okay. So how has motherhood changed you?
1: Oh, as I mentioned to you before, I've always wanted to be a mother. So it's only enriched my life. Mm -hmm. It hasn't changed me. It's enriched my life. It's... um, Made, made me very, very happy, a very proud woman. But it's enriched my life.
0: Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest surprise that you've had in the last year?
1: First thing that comes to mind, distribution for the, for the doc. Every independent filmmaker dreams and hopes and strives for that. But unfortunately, it doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. And I reached out at the precise moment to a woman who heard me and saw the need for this and made my dream come true that knowing will help so many others. That's the biggest surprise.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. When and where are you the happiest?
1: Ooh, I'm going to say with my children.
0: Love it. Um, okay. Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of?
1: Believe in themselves, believe in in what they can do and not lose sight of that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: No matter how big or how small it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Love it. Thank you, Sunny, for not only sharing your story with us, but for sharing your gems. I'm holding my chest because I'm, I feel very emotional right now. <laughs> um, just thank you for who you are, for being resilient and for being an advocate and for being so loving and caring that you want to uh, you know, spread that awareness uh, around the world. Just thank you for who you are.
1: Thank you for having me and allowing me to do so, to share my story.
0: Thank you so much. And to all of you Legacy Leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And I just want to thank each and every one of you who continues to listen all over the world and has made the show globally rank in the top 1.5%. And that's out of over 2.8 million podcasts. That's a lot. (laughs) So feel free to join the community of Legacy Leavers. You can sign up for weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com where you'll get a free copy of my gratitude journal and you can also purchase any one of my personal development books available online everywhere and I'm going to challenge you today if you can think of five women that would receive value from hearing Sunny's story that would receive value from her gems on separation please share with them feel free to screenshot this week's episode and let us know what resonated with you you can tag Sunny at SunnyBiz13, that's S U N N I E B I Z13, or you can tag the Broken Vows documentary page, and you can tag myself at the Real McKinney Smith, and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.